What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, April 7th, 2016. You guys are listening to episode 252. Uh, I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. Uh, It is early on Thursday, so you guys should have this, um, you know, Thursday morning Thursday afternoon at the absolute latest. I just got back from being on tour, and uh, I have been sleeping, making <laughs> making up for just all the travel. I was on like five airplanes in as many days, and uh, it was uh, a lot of fun, you know, but just like a thrash, you know. It was just like wake up, go to the airport, do a show, wake up, go to the airport, you know, then the last day, two airplane. It's just, uh, it's been a lot. So um, I'm back recuperating. Didn't get crazy though out there. Um, had a couple of drinks, but just really kind of still watching what I'm doing and uh, right back on not drinking for a while again uh, after drinking, a, you know, a couple of days with a couple of drinks. So uh, feeling good. I'll get into the trip. Had a, uh, a good time out there, uh, performed opening for uh, Bill Burr with my buddy Joe Bartnick, and we had a lot of fun um, talk about that, talk about um, some sports, the Villanova buzzer beater, which was amazing, um, talk about, uh, well, really, the movie thing is funny. I tried to watch a movie, and then five minutes in, I didn't. I'll explain that. Got a ton of unacceptables uh, from you guys. I have an unacceptable, of course. So we'll get right into it. This is a full-packed Verzi Effect podcast show. Um, But first, before we get into episode 252, got to plug the sponsors. Uh, Of course, gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, a website that always keeps growing. Uh, Run out there by Dave Gavry, funny up-and-coming comedian out there in Chi-Town, Chicago. So check that out, gonzofame.com. Also, go to allthingscomedy.com for the best podcasts, Um, you know, also the best comedy albums from All Things Records, Uh, All Things Comedy has a ton, array, an array of podcasts, uh, if you are uh, into um, comedy podcasts, any kind of podcast really that talk about anything, if you're into that, go to All Things Comedy, that's where the Verzi Effect resides, that's where my album was at, and follow them on Twitter, at allthingscomedy.com. Comedy. Now, we just came back from this uh, Canada trip. We were in uh, Windsor. We were in uh, Rama. We were in Ottawa. And we were in Sudbury. Uh, So it was, you know, like I said, a lot of traveling, a lot of just running around. Um, Flew into Detroit and then drove from Detroit to Windsor. I did not know this, but Detroit is literally one crossover bridge and you're in Canada. I didn't even know that that's how close Detroit was to Canada, but if you go over that bridge, like you could see, like when you're sitting in Windsor, Canada, you look outside your window of your hotel and there's a bridge and you see the skyline of Detroit. I didn't know it was that close. Like you get a fucking, you could honestly, like if you got a good drive, Speaking of drive, the master starts today. But if you got a good drive, you could fucking drive it over the river and be in Michigan if you can hit it like that. Like, uh, with no wind, Bubba Watson is definitely hitting the shit over to the Detroit side if he tried. Um, so, uh, I got my dog locked up. This is good. Just took Lloyd out. Got my dog locked up. 
and uh, the cats are downstairs, not locked up like bad, like just like he's in another room and he's chilling, laying there, so I don't have to worry about him. And the cats are downstairs in their room, so I think, and I'm upstairs now. I usually do this downstairs from the office. I'm doing this upstairs. Kids are at school. I got the whole setup here, so hopefully. Hopefully there will be no animal distraction. Put it this way. If there's an animal distraction during this episode, one of my cats just fucking took steroids and broke down a door, which I don't think is going to happen. So hopefully this will be an uh, uh, interruption-free episode. Uh, so we get, so I fly into Detroit, and um, I, you know, we go over to Windsor, and we do uh, a casino there. We do it at the, at the Coliseum which was uh, a lot of fun. And then the next day, we went to Casino Rama, which I guess is in Rama, Ontario. And um, and that was awesome. But here is a story that I gotta say. So we get to this casino, and the first night we have off. Uh, because we all flew into Detroit, and I arrived in, um, I arrived at the fucking cat. You hear this shit? Even when, uh, Unbelievable. Uh, and I can't let him outside because it is pouring raining right now. So they're going to have to fucking tough it out for a second. Anyways, so uh, we're at Caesars Casino in Windsor. And we get there the night before and we have really nothing to do. But I I arrive around 5 o'clock. By the time I get settled in, it's like 5, 5.30. You know, I got to do my podcast. I'm hungry. But after all that's done, it's like 7 o'clock. Um, Burr and Bartnick, they don't get in, they don't fly in until about, I guess, you know, they're, they're not at the casino until like 11, 11, 15. So I'm like, look, they're going to be shot. They're not doing anything. I already ate. I did my podcast. I'm tired. Let me order a movie. So I'm like, I'm going to order the hateful eight and, uh, I'm going to watch the hateful eight and I'm going to go to sleep and that's going to be my night. I'll meet up with those guys tomorrow and we'll do the show and everything. So, so five minutes, 10 minutes into the hateful eight, Burr texts me and he goes, dude, I'm here hungry. Let's go eat. And I'm like, ah, fuck, you know, my boys are here. They're going to go out there, grab, you know, some dinner. I was like, let me, you know, I'll go. So I was like, I'll get back to the hateful eight. Never get back to the hateful eight. This shit cost me like $18. Which I don't care, but it cost me like $18. You're like, all right, man, that's like more than the theater. I'm going to watch this thing. So finally, at the end of that, that stay, I was just like, look, uh, I'm sure you guys could see the movies that I uh, ordered and how far I got. If you look, I barely got five minutes into it. I didn't watch it. I was like, I don't care if you charge me for it, but just so you know, I didn't watch it. And the lady was totally cool. She's like, no, no, we'll take care of it for you. So I never watched The Hateful Eight. So that was my movie section of the show. I just never watched it. It looked good. I got right to the part where, um, you know, right at the beginning where Samuel L. Jackson wants a ride. And I think uh, Kurt Russell's in the thing and he doesn't want him to get a ride. And he doesn't even get up to the cab yet. And then I ended up pausing it and that was it. Um, so I go down there and I'm excited because I'm at a Caesars Casino. I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to def- definitely be able to get a Cuban cigar. I'm going to be able to get a, uh, you know, a cigar lounge. I don't know when I'm going to drink. I need to get to the 90 days at least. I want to get to like 91 days because I drank on the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, I go there and I'm like, excuse me, do you guys have like a smoking lounge? And they go, no, there's no smoking in on, in Canada, inside in Canada. And I remembered that, like you need like a hookup. So now I'm like, not only am I not going to 
get a Cuban, but I don't think I'm going to smoke on this trip. And I'm like, shit, you know, I'm at this nice casino. I'm not really drinking. I would love to sit down and smoke, smoke a stick. So long story short, I bump into these guys and we find out that there is a smoking area in the casino, which is heated. So it's like this heated balcony. So it's like half inside, half outside. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. But now I got to get a cigar. Come to find out the gift shop at the fucking Caesars has amazing fresh Cubans. So my question is, why the fuck didn't the person tell me, oh yeah, listen, we got Cubans here. You could smoke them outside, but we just don't have a lounge. Instead, it was like, oh, there's absolutely no smoking inside the buildings. And they weren't really... So it made me have to learn shit when all they needed to say was, and fine, maybe I said, is there a smoking lounge? And no, since the answer is no, you can't smoke inside. I get what they're saying. But... You could actually say, being you're in fucking hotel management and you work at a hotel, you could have been like, all right, look, we sell amazing fresh Cubans in our gift shop and we do have a heated smoking area you could go to. So it's not a lounge, but it's really good. That would have been fucking amazing and I would have been excited. Instead, I had to learn that. Fine, whatever. No harm, no foul. Here is one of the funniest stories I ever had on the road with somebody just doing like like regular, like non-drinking shit. This is like a Seinfeld episode. I've never seen something like this. So Bartnick and I were looking for like little like travel shit. He was looking for like a, like Burr was like, if you guys see like a travel thing for like deodorant, can you pick that up? I was looking for cigars. We uh, went around outside in the Windsor area, which nothing was really going on. You know, they had like little pharmacies with nothing, you know. So we're like, oh, maybe the gift shop at Caesars. We should, let's, let's try this, right? Hold on, I got to take a sip of this. So me and, jo- <laughs> me and Bartnick. Now here's the thing. If you guys haven't seen Bartnick, Bartnick is fucking hilarious. He's always wearing like Pittsburgh penguin, like, wool hats. He's got long, like jet black hair. He's like six, five. He's a big dude. Great guy. Funny guy. And, uh, we're walking (laughs) and we've been walking all day and Joe's tired and you know, his leg was bothering him, I think. And we're walking and finally we get to this gift shop and there's nobody at the cash. (laughs) There's nobody at the cash register. Uh, one thing we did buy when we stopped at uh, one of those pharmacies in in the city of Windsor, he just got a bunch of these big blue Gatorades, right? So we walk in. I walk to the right. He walks to the left. Now on the left, there's no cashier, no worker, nothing. I'm on the right, and I see somebody working there helping somebody else. And I'm I'm ready to ask, where are your cigars? <laughs> So you just hear Joe from across the <laughs> from across the store go, "Hello, yo, is anybody here?" And like the ladies like popped up, like they just weren't used to that. Like you know, you could tell it's just fucking Americans. Just so I mean, it wasn't being rude, but he was just like, "Hello, yo, is anybody?" So I just jump in and I go, "Oh, sorry, he doesn't know you're here. He's he's over on the other side. That's my friend or whatever." So then I say to the lady, "Do you have uh, cigars?" So she takes me to this like little humidor shelf. And I get these, I buy like, I buy like $90 worth, of, well, Canadian, 90 something Canadian, which probably ends up coming out to be like, whatever, 60 or 70 something in, um, in American. I buy, I buy everybody, uh, a Monte Cristo and then little like cigarette type looking, uh, Cubans. So everybody gets one big one and one little one. 
and I just bought it for everybody. They put it in these boxes. They were fresh. I was excited, you know, to have these Cuban cigars or whatever. And we're waiting online, and the lady is ringing stuff up, and all of a sudden, <laughs> and and you, now listen, let me paint the picture. We're in a beautiful casino, really, really nice. It's one of the biggest casinos. I think it's like the second biggest casino in like North America, like it, really big, nice, you know, all the, you know, all the, the whatever, the chandeliers and the, the carpeting they have throughout the place, really nice, right? So the gift shop, same thing. So Joe is holding this bag with these two blue, huge Gatorades and you just hear, you just hear the bag break and you hear a crack and everybody looks and this huge blue Gatorade cracked so perfectly on the cap that the cap and the top piece of it fly off and it's just pouring like a gallon of blue is just pouring all over the gift shop rug. But here was the epic part of the spill, which you could not duplicate if you tried a million times. It starts spinning. So not only is blue is blue shit pouring all over this beautiful rug in this gift shop at Caesars Casino. Now it's rolling as if somebody bowled it down. And while it's rolling, blue shit is just pouring out perfectly. And there is like a line, like, like a seven to 10 yard line of this blue shit. And Joe and I were just frozen by how epic of a spill it was. And the lady just looks and the lady's going, Oh, 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 no, no. And I'm looking at it. Nobody ever even stopped the roll. We were just amazed by how epic this spill. Like my children could not have fucking spilled anything. <laughs> it, it just stopped the store dead. So not only do you have these fucking two East Coast guys, because Joe's a Pittsburgh guy first, and then, you know, now he's in California, but you got these two fucking American guys. I'm in there with like a Yankee hat, looking how I look, talking how I talk. All right, I'm asking for cigars. He walks in. He's on the other side of the store going, yo, hello, is anybody here? These poor ladies are trying to help these women buy something in there. I get the cigars. We're standing in line. And then this fucking Gatorade spills. And we were crying, laughing on the way out of there going. So she just called up and she goes, yeah, we got a Gatorade spill up in the gift shop. And we're just thinking about the person showing up thinking it's some little spill. And instead, it looked like somebody put M80s in a fucking gallon. of fucking, It was an absolute mess. And Bartnick and I, I don't know if it's because we were tired, giddy, or just we were walking all day. We're crying laughing. We are laughing so hard because this spill was on a level that I, I've never seen before. Um, and we wanted to go back. We never had time, but we wanted to go back because we're just thinking, no way, that's not going to stain. I mean, they would have had to bring machines up there. Like, I, we never got to go back. At one point, we were going down the escalator. We were eating late night, and we were like, dude, there's the gift shop. Should we just go and see? But it was too late, and we were like, fuck it. But we were crying, laughing. Um, I've never seen a spill like that. Like, if he would have unscrewed it and then purposely just poured it out and walked down, it, it wouldn't have been as devastating of a spill as this perfect drop roll spill worked out. The lady was horrified, <laughs> horrified and tried to play it cool. Um, and then we had a great show. We had a great show at Windsor. That was the first one. And then we went over to, uh, we flew over to like an hour flight to this place, Casino Rama in Rama, Ontario, and this was like a kind of like a ski lodgy type looking, like Colorado, like type looking casino, um, you know, and, and we did a show there, and it was like the exact kind of replica 
of the Coliseum that we did at Caesars, and that went well too. We had a great time over there. Um, and then, but here, here's my unacceptable. Okay. And then I'll get to your guys unacceptable. I do want to talk about Ottawa still. I have to be honest. Ottawa is up there in my top five favorite places in Canada ever. I love Ottawa. It never disappoints. I'll talk about that after, but here's my unacceptable. Then I'll talk about the other two trips and then I'll get to your guys unacceptables. Okay. Um, in Canada, their, their major airlines are, uh, Air Canada, of course, and like Porter is one of them. WestJet is another one of them. You know, they have like their three go-tos. Now, unlike in the States, like in the States, when you fly an hour or 45 minutes to Boston or um, even a couple hours, whatever, you don't, you don't get the smaller planes with the propellers. Now, these aren't tiny planes, but they're just the double propeller, you know, the double propeller airplanes that, you know, go slower and you're just like kind of puddle jumping or you're going whatever, 45 minutes to an hour, um, whatever. So I've been on one before because um, when I was in Vancouver with Burr a couple years back, we did like 20 days east, east to west. We flew from Vancouver to the island of Victoria and that was on a, on a puddle jump or two. So you could feel the wind a little more. The, the takeoff is fine. But when you're in the air, you're not like, it's not a jet where you're just flying through the fucking thing and you just get through it. This, you feel the plane going side to side. It's almost like being on a cruise ship in the air. You feel it more. You feel the bumps. You could feel the plane swaying. It's a little louder. You know, not ideal for somebody like me who, you know, I mean, I got over my fear of flying. I fly constantly, but you know, it, it like went turbulent. You're like this fucking, there was one point where turbulence got so bad and, and no one's acting like some people are sleeping. I'm sitting next to Burr. He's listening to his music. He's fine. At one point, like the turbulence, and you just heard the plane like, and it started like really going. And I'm like, dude, this is what it sounds like when you're going down and everybody's calm. And I just kind of close my eyes and I'm like, all right, fuck it, man. This is, this is just this airplane. You feel it like this, whatever. Not my unacceptable. My unacceptable is from the minute we board the fucking flight attendant was really fucking cold, okay, she wasn't smiley, they make you take your headphones off until you're in the air, which means absolutely nothing, it's the dumbest thing, you know, you got to take it off till you're in the air, your headphones, okay, like you could say keep your phones, like physically they want you to take it off, she wasn't nice, she wasn't warm until like later in the flight when she like gave a thumbs up to take it off, but she was just fucking cold, and it's unacceptable to to have a flight attendant, okay, you're going in the air 30-something thousand feet, 20-something thousand feet for a short flight, okay? It's a big fucking deal for somebody. Like, God forbid something goes wrong. It's a wrap for everybody. And this fucking flight attendant is, like, kind of cold and annoyed by people. It's like you chose the job, okay? You chose to fly the friendly skies. Fucking put a smile on your face. I don't want to see you like it just... I just felt like she was fucking rude and cold. I remember texting... I texted, uh, I texted, no, I, I, I wrote something in my notes and made Burr read it. And it was just something like this woman. Yeah, it was just something along the lines of like, this woman is so cold and fucking unfriendly, like awful job to have if she's like that, you know, but she did it in a way where like, she wasn't like fucking mean. 
She just wasn't what a flight... When I walk on a fucking airplane, okay? When I walk on an airplane, I want a fucking huge smile that says, Ah, oh, we'll be fine. This fucker ain't going down. I've done this a thousand times. Welcome. I'm about to give you something to eat. Enjoy. Enjoy. This is going to be great. Yeah, we're doing something risky, but you know what? We've done it a million times. Statistically, you're safe. Sit down. Not a fucking, like, cold-looking face. Like, she had the face of, like, fuck... You know, like she had the face of like, man, this chick is not happy. All right. And and now I am at like her fucking, like, you know what I mean? It just wasn't, it just wasn't what it should be. And I think that that is absolutely unacceptable for a flight attendant to not be always fucking. The only time I want to see a flight attendant not fucking happy is if they know the fucking plane's going down. That's understandable. Other than that, turbulence, smiling. I walk on, smiling. I walk off, smiling. Give me my drink with a fucking smile on your face. You chose this fucking profession, okay? You chose to be up in the fucking air most of the day as your occupation, and you need to treat people that fucking come onto the plane a certain way. I don't need your fucking coldness. I don't I don't care. Oh, maybe she's having a bad day. Fuck that. Don't have a bad Oh, maybe she had PMS. Fuck your PMS. You're on an airplane, Okay? Go change your fucking tampon and fucking get over it. You're on an airplane. Hold it together. I know that sounds harsh, but fuck you. I don't need to go on an airplane because some fucking chick is having a bad day. I got to fucking worry about what the fuck is going on on my airplane. Fuck you. You know what I mean? It's unacceptable. Oh, you never know. Maybe she broke up with her boyfriend. Yeah, maybe she broke up with her boyfriend because he knows she's a fucking bitch. That's why. I need to I need to fucking worry about this chick on an airplane. Because she's fucking unhappy or she's having a bad day. Now, every time there's turbulence, I don't see a smile on this chick's face because she's having a bad day. I want fucking turbulence and then I want to look at the flight attendant and have her put her thumbs up and go, we're fine, it's all normal. That's what I want. Not some shit where I'm like, this chick has been in a bad mood from the minute I got here. So I don't know what to think. Unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Oh, I'm fired up about this. Don't be fucking rude on an airplane. Or don't don't even be cold. Like, she was annoyed. That's what it was. She was annoyed and she was cold and it's unacceptable. And it's uncharacteristic of the great people of Canada. Because those are some of the warmest, nicest, most courteous fucking people I've ever come across. That's my unacceptable. Okay? Alright, now. Um, we go into Ottawa and it was the shit. We did a like a minor league or a semi-pro or whatever uh, arena arena in Ottawa. And um, we were a couple shows in. I kind of figured out my new set. I'm doing all new material pretty much, uh, a ton of new stuff. And the people of Ottawa were could not have been warmer. It was amazing. Uh, I've had some of my favorite shows. I don't know what it is about Ottawa. I've had some of my favorite shows and think that some of the best people are there. It is like the Washington, D.C. of uh, Canada, Ottawa. It has, you know, all the, everybody's got those political government jobs. The buildings are beautiful and historic. The, it's just, you, you could tell the crowd is smarter. Just awesome. Awesome, smart, great people. And I really, really enjoyed my time there. Uh, everybody had great sets. And then uh, the next day we flew over to uh, Sudbury, which was super fucking cold. Apparently it's like five hours north of like, Anyway, it was like, fuck, I said it was like where Santa lives. Like, it was like fucking North Pole was freezing. It was far north. Uh, but again, really warm, great people up there. Uh, and we had a great trip. 
Um, but there's just something about Ottawa that I love. My favorite places are, of course, the big three is Montreal, Vancouver, and um, and Toronto. And then right there with them, I even like the feel of it maybe better than others is, is, is Ottawa. So shout out to Ottawa. Uh, the people there are, and, and it's a great comedy scene. And I'm excited because I will be headlining the Absolute uh, Comedy Club there uh, June 21st through the 27th, I believe. So you could check that out, Absolute Comedy in, uh, in Ottawa. I will be there headlining in June, and I'm really excited and looking forward to that for sure. Um, and then that was it. And then we, uh, we went to a bar in Sudbury, and we uh, watched the Villanova game. I'll get into that. Got into a big argument with uh, Bartnick and Burr over that. And, uh, and we'll talk about it. But let me get to your guys' unacceptables because we got some here. So here we go. Thank you guys for submitting. And again, if you guys want to submit to the show, please submit your unacceptable to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Again, that's unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. You guys listening, by the way, to episode 252, just 48 episodes shy of the big 300. Uh, Can't believe I'm saying that, but uh, that'll happen, you know, right around six years into this thing, probably something like that. We'll we'll figure it out, but uh, around there. Here we go. This unacceptable is from Ryan Campbell. Ryan Campbell says, Hello, Paul. Love your podcast. Been listening for about two years. This is my first time writing in and I have an unacceptable for you. I'm a bartender, a small restaurant outside of, um, I'm a bartender, a small restaurant outside of Jacksonville, Florida. Last night, the restaurant was very slow, and a guy came in by himself and sat down at the bar. I had no other customers, so I talked with him for a while. We got onto the subject. Uh, oh, he says, I met a big TVE fan. That's the subject here. Okay. So, I had no other customers, so I talked with him for a while. We got on to the subject of stand-up comedians, and when I mentioned Bill Burr, he said he was a big fan of Burr's podcast. I asked him if he listened to TVE, and he said loves TVE and had even written uh, a few unacceptables for uh, for you that you have read on the show. He finished his meal and gave me his credit card to pay. Usually, I don't look at the name uh, names on the cards uh, customers give me, but I wanted to see if I recognized his name from TVE. The name on the card was Kelly Meyer. Wow. And I was like, dude, are you are you the Shakespeare of shit? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. He laughed and said, yeah, uh, I'm the shit the pants guy. That's awesome, dude. Uh, I always pictured him like some fat-ass, hairy, sloppy turd when you read his IBS story, so I never would have figured uh, it was him because he was this completely normal-looking dude. We talked for a bit more, and he was real cool and nice and answered all my questions about his IBS and stuff. Uh, He even told me an IBS story he hasn't written to TV that happened years ago but was a crazy story. Well, we got to get that one. That's awesome. Uh, Before he left, I told him he should take a shit at my restaurant. He said, you don't want any part of that. And then he took off. It was really cool to meet that dude. And I have a few friends who listen to your podcast who probably won't believe that I met him. Thanks again for the laughs. Your album is awesome. 
Uh, it's about a five-hour drive to Atlanta from where I live, and if I can get off of work, I might come see one of your shows at the Punchline. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks for uh, writing in. That is an awesome story. Uh, I loved hearing that, you know. The, that, the TVE show, that's what it's about, you know, and I love, I love hearing that, um, you know, you know, fans meet fans and, uh, that's really cool. You know, uh, Kelly has written into the show probably, you know, close to a dozen times or, you know, whatever. And he just, uh, it's funny that like people that know the show now he's like, you know, he's like a fan favorite of the show. So that's uh, pretty cool to have a podcast do that. Um, so thank you again. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, I had one of the best po' boy sandwich. I had a shrimp po' boy sandwich in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. Uh, it was a shrimp po' boy. I forgot the name of the place, but it was near the nice hotel that we were staying at, and you could walk to it. And it had, like, soups and all these sandwiches. It was kind of a trendy place. But I had a shrimp po' boy. That was insane. Um, here we go. Uh, this one is from uh, Jason Burr. Uh, I don't think that's any relation to Bill. Just Jason Burr, automatic flush. Dear Paul, I don't know why so many unacceptables happen in the bathroom, but today it's automatic flushing toilets. Uh, so it's great when a restaurant has uh, seat-shaped tissue to put on the seat. But unacceptable when the toilet flushes the tissue down before you have a chance to sit. I lost two before I could sit today. Uh, because motion triggers flushing uh, additionally sucks if you <laughs> shift and get the splash while seated. <laughs> Thanks for the podcast. Yeah, you know what I do? I told you guys my ritual. And I'll tell you again. Those things are good, but here's what you got to do. This is the... This is, I do this with my kids, I do this with me, anytime you have no choice, when you have no choice but to put your ass cheeks down um, on a public toilet seat, this is what you do. Uh, I said it once and I'll say it again, I'm sorry, I don't want to sound, you know, but this is a long time ago. So, I go in, I wet toilet paper, and I just fucking basically give a wash over one time, up and down. I lift the seat, I get the fucking, the porcelain rim, and then I get the plastic rim, right, on the seat. Then I take dry paper and I rub both of those down good so there's no marks and all that stuff. So you got to do it twice. Then after that, I just take regular toilet paper and I lay it around the seat, even around the part where like right in front of like your, your, where, you know, where your dick is hanging. So it, God forbid your dickhead touches it or anything part of your dick or anything touches it, it's covered with thing. And then I sit down. Sometimes if I'm if it's really disgusting and it's emergency, like if it's disgusting, but you have no choice or you're gonna shit your pants, and you obviously can't shit your pants if you're in a fucking public place. So what you gotta do is I would double up. I would do the one that they offer you and then the paper and just layer it. Um, but yeah, if the automatic flush sucks it all down and then you gotta start from square one, it really sucks, especially if your pants are hanging down by your fucking ankles and draped over your feet. It's just a nightmare. You know what I don't like too about taking a shit in a public place, especially if you got like a jacket on, you got to like hang the jacket up, you know, and I'm a guy that like, you know, the big three are always in my jacket pocket, the wallet, the phone and the keys. So especially if you're going to the bathroom to take a shit, you got to like take all the stuff off and it's just like, you know, it's, it could be, it could suck. But thank you. Uh, thank you for the, um, submission. I appreciate it. Here we go. 
this one is from uh, Gavin Taylor. Uh, why do people have to be so dirty? <clears throat> okay. Dear Paul, longtime listener, first-time writer. Well, thank you. Welcome aboard, Gavin. I appreciate it. Uh, the other day, I was at a tar- uh, I was at uh, at Target with a friend. We were hanging out in the mall that was connected on the other side, and we wanted better snacks, so Target was our best decision. Okay. On our hunt for food, I had to use the bathroom. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It, it, it never fails. In, in 252 episodes, the same theme. Sounds like this is the bathroom theme, but it may get to another one after. So I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> as disgusted as I already am by any public bathroom, I figured Target couldn't be too bad. As I walk in, the scent of piss wasn't completely horrible. All right. Uh, it was empty. I picked a urinal, did my business, and tried to get out as quickly as possible. Here's where shit gets unacceptable. While I'm washing my hands, a guy walks in to uh, take a piss. Uh, in my peripheral vision, I noticed him finishing up and just point. Okay, hold on. I noticed him finishing up uh, and I'm just point. He'll walk up. Oh, at this point, I think, okay, I think it's a misplay. I just uh, point. He'll walk up to wash his hands, but that's just it. He doesn't. He just walks out like everything is okay with the world. Meanwhile, my face uh, is all scrunched up thinking how much of a fucking animal this guy is. Somebody please lock this guy up in a cage with a gallon of soap. Uh, P.S. I'm a senior in high school and I was recently admitted to Drexel University. Congratulations. Uh, I've been told about how shitty their financial aid was. I just didn't know... um, Bad it really was. Once I got my package, I was blown the fuck away. Seventy-one thousand a year, and they only gave me six k. Like wh- wow! Like what the actual fuck? What? So shout out to Drexler for unacceptable financial aid and tuition. Thanks for all the laughs, and hopefully I'll be able to go. Uh, to one of your shows, sincerely, Gavin Taylor. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, that's a great one. To be honest with you, the Drexel University one is way more unacceptable than that fucking pig who touched his dick in Target. And then, see, that's why you can't touch things, you know? That's why you can't touch things in, in um, or always get the second one. Here's another Verzi effect rule, okay? My wife took on to it right when we started dating and got married, and I want you guys to take it on. All right. Oh, Cameron, if you're listening, I know I owe you the recipe, so I'm going to write you. Somebody came up to me in Canada and said, I want the recipe of your wife's burger, and I'm going to write you and do that, okay? Um, so that's how that's the, that's the rule. If you want the recipe, you come up to me at a show and ask me, and then I will personally give you the recipe. That's how we're going to do it. Anyway, back to Gavin's Unacceptable. Um. First of all, once I'm done in the bathroom, I try to wash my hands and rush out as quickly as possible because I feel like I got away with it as much as I can. But the longer you stay in there, there's more of a chance for something fucked up or unacceptable to happen. So you got to just, once you're done your business, whether you got to take a shit or a piss, you do it, excuse me, you do it, you get to the urinal, wash fast, wash fast, get the soap in there, rub it real quick, rinse fast. Even if you got to walk out, hands a little wet, whatever, dry them off on your jeans. Just get the fuck out of there because it it, it will prevent uh, something gross. Now, um, 
as far as your first unacceptable, that's what I have a touch rule, okay? When I go into a store, when I go and I open a, you know, even one of those refrigerators to grab a drink at a gas station or to grab a drink somewhere that sells them, you know, you get a Snapple, a Gatorade, always take the third or fourth one for two reasons. One, it'll be colder because it's been sitting there a little longer and it's closer to the refrigerator. Number two, if some pig has just touched his dick in a public restroom and he puts his hand on a Snapple and then decides, no, I don't want that and goes somewhere else, guess what? You got that guy's dick on that Snapple. Fuck that. All right? Always take the second one or the third one because nobody's going to go back that much. Yeah, maybe it looks a little OCD crazy, but fuck it. You know what? You're going to get a, you know, uh, as listen, as much as you can because then you might get the guy who packed the fucking things dick on there. I mean, listen, it's hard to avoid all kinds of fucking nasty shit, all right? But do it as much as you possibly can. Um, thank you for the, uh, thank you for that. The, the Drexel giving you 6K when you need 71 is <laughs> is pretty fucked up. But congrats on getting into school. And uh, yeah, good luck paying off those fucking loans. Jesus. Uh, thank you for the submission. Here we go. This one is from Kyle Sutherland. All right, here we go. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see if there is... Okay. Hey, uh, Kyle Sutherland. Hey, Paul, long-time fan here. I saw you at Rama last Saturday, uh, and the set was amazing. You guys killed it. Please bring Lawhead next time to complete the Four Horsemen. I actually bought a Davidoff. Uh, no, to, uh, brought a Davidoff number two because I know how much you love those bad boys, but I missed, uh, I missed out seeing you after the show. That's unacceptable, uh, Paul. I thought we were friends. <laughs> but I'm coming to see you at the Absolute Comedy Bar in Ottawa in June. Down for a Davidoff? Yes, I am. 100%. Now for some real unacceptables uh, for the audience. When you uh, go to a concert and get asked for ID with two beers in your hand, how did I get both of these by myself without ID? Uh, I did look like a kid, though, but come on. Uh, people driving in the middle of two lanes, lock these animals up in a cage and throw away their licenses. People cutting you off <clears throat> without signaling. <laughs> Thanks for the podcast and laughs. Kyle, Kyle threw in a few in there. All right. So let me get to the first one here. Uh, and yes, to come out to uh, absolute comedy in Ottawa. I'd love it. Davidoff. I appreciate it. Sorry. I missed you at Rama, but I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Okay. Um, yeah, they ask you for ID, and you have already a couple of beers in your hand. They're just covering their ass, thinking maybe this guy fucking got it from a friend or lied. What are you going to do? It is annoying, though. Uh, people cutting you off. Oh, um, driving in the middle of two lanes. Uh, yeah, inconsiderate. Cutting you off without a signal. Inconsiderate. All unacceptables. All unacceptables that you just got to hope to God you don't come across these animals and they don't fucking hurt you or anybody else. Thank you, Kyle. I'll see you in Ottawa. Here we go. This one. Carts in a parking lot. Once again, Jesse Thomas. Hey, Paul, I just wanted to weigh in on what you were saying about how leaving carts away from the designated areas in a store parking lot can create work for someone. I used to work in a drugstore and had to collect the carts at the end of every night. On, the nice, uh, on a nice warm evening... <laughs> It sounds like the beginning of a fucking romantic novel. On a nice warm evening, 
There was nothing. All right, on a nice one, there was nothing I loved more than getting to spend time outside gathering the carts that were scattered around the lot. So I agree with you. What's unacceptable is leaving the carts around in the middle um, of a Canadian winter. It's not worth freezing my left nut off because someone else was too lazy to put the cart away. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'll meet you halfway on that one, Jesse. Thank you so much for the uh, for the uh, submission. All right, here we go. This one, unacceptable for. Okay, this is from uh, Ryan Gennaro. It's a regular writer in tour. A regular writer in whatever. You know what I mean. He's a regular. What's up, Paul? Um, I'll get right into it. Got a few here, but I'll keep it brief. Unacceptable. I disagree with that dude last week who said you're not a man uh, if you can't change a tire. All right. <laughs> it's obviously a pretty simple thing to do, but I have no interest in wanting to change it myself because I have chronic anxiety, and all I'll think about is when that tire is going to fly the fuck off next time. Um, next time. Who the fuck is this? Now, this is one of these fucking... You know what this is? These people calling up like with a, like a familiar area code about the election. Look, I bet you that's what this is. Well, we'll try it. Ready? Hello? Hello, this is Lisa with the Green Study Survey Company. Is this and shit? You to receive a free cruise to the Bahamas. So congratulations. You have heard correct. It is a cruise to the Bahamas. For yeah, I just want a fucking cruise to the Bahamas. Fuck you. See that? See that? But here's how they got me. You guys just heard that. There, here, look. Perfect. Hey, I can't time that. That's perfect. That's an unacceptable. Here, there's my submission for an unacceptable. You're calling me with the familiar New York City area code, and you tell me that me and, and somebody else want a trip to the fucking Bahamas. Fuck you. You know? Imagine that. Imagine I did, like, just like there were two tickets there. Fucking, I miss out. It's ridiculous. All right, so here we go. Let's get back to this. So you have chronic anxiety, and all uh, I'll think about is when that tire is going to fly the fuck off next time I'm on the highway. Fuck that. I'd rather just tip a professional 20 bucks so I can have peace of mind that it's not going to come loose. I've seen plenty of uh, low testosterone dopes who can change a tire but couldn't throw a punch for shit. All right, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. And there is something to that. That's why I always try to like, you always try to tighten a bolt so much more just to make sure. But I get that. I get that. And the guy who wrote in is probably like, fuck that. Fuck your anxiety, pussy. But I like that. I like that. All right. Here's number two. Ordering a $10 omelet at a diner and being charged $1.50 per additional vegetable added to it. They charge $1.75 each for tiny amounts of onions, spinach, and tomatoes. You would think this would have been included in that 10 bucks the omelet itself cost, but no, it ended up costing over 15 bucks. That's like ordering a $10 sandwich at the deli and being charged extra for lettuce and tomato. Maybe I'm crazy, but that seems a little steep. I like it. I, I like it. $10 for an omelet, load it the fuck up. You know, when you go to Subway and you get a fucking, you know, foot long, they'll put everything on it for the same price. I hear you. And eggs aren't expensive either. I'm with you. Number three, cashiers who don't make eye contact with you throughout the entire transaction. Oh, I agree. This is a weird one, and it happens all the time. From the time they can scan your items to the time they hand you the receipt, they never look at you. I think it's pretty weird and rude to interact with somebody and never look at them. I know some of these people have bad social anxiety, and it's hard for them 
uh, which is fine, but others are just rude cunts who hate their job and don't give a fuck. If you don't want to interact with people, go stock shelves instead. Oh, Ryan, I love it. I love it. 100%. Don't do the fucking job, you know? It's like I got social anxiety, and it was. it's just, um, yeah, okay. You got social anxiety. Go fucking, you know, go do something that you don't need. Go fucking collect shopping carts. Go... Go do something. Oh, shit. House just lost power because of a storm. Um, anyway, does that affect... Yeah, that... Aff- well, luckily my... Shit. Luckily my... Uh, that's the first time that ever happened where I'm doing the show and I lost power. And there, I lost the power to my... All right, but luckily my, my thing is charged, so it's not going to affect it. Okay. Um... Thank you for the submission. I agree. Got a couple more here. Uh, shit on the toilet. Here we go, guys. It The trend continues. I'm telling you, TVE is like a society gauge on what's going on. I feel like when all of you guys rush in these unacceptables, whatever is going on somewhere seems to be going on everywhere. This one is from Robert Thompson. And the subject is, in all caps, Shit on the toilet. Yo, Paul, I am going to try and keep this as short as possible, but first, a little backstory. I have worked for the same company for nine years. The first eight years I worked out of Chicago, but this last year I took a promotion and transferred to ATL. Uh, Our Chicago office is the corporate office, and a ton of people work there, and our ATL office is one of five satellite offices, whereas... Of a few weeks ago, only seven people worked out of the office. Our company is now growing more and more, and over the past couple of weeks, we have gone from seven people in the office to now 13. This being said, in the past nine years, we have never had issues with restrooms, as we all like to keep it clean, especially since there is only one toilet in the men's room. Uh, Jesus. Hold on, everybody. I'm sorry. You won't feel a thing. Okay, I'm back. That took only a few seconds, but I swear to God, dude, it's just like, ugh. All right, let me get back to this. I'm sorry, buddy. Okay, so I get it. So your company, so so in the past nine years, I'm going to read the last part again. In the past nine years, we've never had issues with the bathroom as we all like to keep it clean, especially since there is only one toilet in the men's room uh, and one in the girls'. This brings me to my unacceptable. Friday around 1 o'clock, I go to the bathroom to do some business. I put down the uh, ass gasket because I have uh, public bathroom issues and everywhere that is not my home requires an ass gasket in order for me to shit. I then do my thing, wipe uh, wipe, pull up my pants, and then turn to flush the toilet, and there is shit shit above the fucking toilet handle oh god that's fucking so the entire time i was shitting this other person's shit was behind me not only was i pissed about the shit on the toilet handle but then i pondered how a grown fucking man didn't realize he was fingering his asshole I also find it very hard to believe that he didn't pull up his pants before flushing, so he was probably walking around all day with shit on his clothes. And, <laughs> and you know this animal had to have been 
had to have had seen the shit on the handle. And instead of doing the humane thing and cleaning it off, he just said, fuck it and walked out of the bathroom. Oh man, that's fucking gross. I can do nothing but hope he washed his hands and didn't hand me anything with shit on it all day. Paul, it is animals like this that need to be called out for being ignorant, disgusting pigs that, uh, the, dis- the ignorant, disgusting pigs that they are. So attached, you will see... Oh, I d- oh God, no. Is there a picture to this? Uh, <laughs> so attached. Jesus. So attached, you will see... I did just that. See pictures below. Lock this cow in a shit-filled cage and make him eat the key. So he has to dig it. Uh, dig in his own shit to find his way out. Uh, can't wait to see you on the 30th, uh, man. Keep, uh, keep doing you. You're killing it. And please thank old freckles for me, for turning me on to you. Love much, uh, Bobby T. All right. Well, thank you so much, dude. Uh, let me see these pictures here. Can I get them? I can't, for some reason, it's not letting me open the pictures. I'll see them. I don't know if it has to do with what's going on here, but um, I will definitely look at those. And thank you so much for the submission. Uh, I didn't eat lunch yet, so I'm glad I can't see them. But thank you so much, dude, and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you out there in Atlanta. Uh, Here we go. Subway Animal. Alex uh, Baniez? Hope I got that right. This asshole in the subway blasting his music and digging out dirt from under his fingernails with a nail clipper. Uh, <laughs> man, this is a disgusting one. Thank you for the submission. This is just filled with fucking shit and dirty fingernails and shit handles in a bathroom. And Jesus, guys touching their dick and walking out of the toilet without washing. Ugh. All right, here we go. A couple more and we're done. Um, Here we go. Unacceptable. This is from Jessica Russell. Unacceptable would be me not thanking you, Paul Verzi, for getting a signed poster to my awesome boyfriend who then surprise uh, had it mailed to me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So he, okay. So yes. For getting a signed poster to my, uh, yes. Okay. Surprise mailed to me. I love it. P.S. Listen to Blue Suit Thursday's podcast because you'll get, um, Honorable mention for sure. Thanks again. Well, thank you. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Jessica. Glad you enjoyed the poster. Thank you for writing in. Um, Let's see here. Man, ever since the power went out, things are acting a little funny. Lucky I'm down to my last one here. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but uh, it's pretty fucking weird what's going on here right now with the computer. I can't even get out. Uh, to this one, I got one more to go. I lost internet service, which really sucks. And there's one more. Come on. Not now. I have one more to go. Ah, shit. Oh, wait a minute. I think I could get it on my phone. I might be able to get it on my phone. Let me see. So then I could at least read that and get that one out. Uh, let me go to this here. Thank you guys all for the submissions and I don't I'm sorry that my my computer went out with one last one which is ridiculous. Um I don't even know how do I go to another account. Right, let me see all mail. 
All right, yeah, that's not going to work. Um, so anyways, thank you guys for the submissions. If you want to submit more, submit to, um, or if you want to submit ever for the first time ever, please just sub, uh, submit to uh, unacceptables for tve at gmail.com uh, and I will read them out. Unfortunately, with the power going out because of the storm here, uh, they're the last one I could not do, but luckily it will be the first one on next week's episode. So I'm sorry about that. Um, and, uh, but I do unbelievable have a couple here on Twitter that I want to read and then I will finish out the podcast. But this one here is from, um, this here is from David Mann and, uh, the Twitter feed is at Bobby Barker, all right, and it's fucking unbelievable. It says, unacceptable, caught on tape, and dealt with. Paul Verzi, Jason Lawhead, Bill Burr, unacceptable, the Verzi effect, and here's what it is. I, I'm going to try to make you guys listen to this because this is one of the most unbelievable, unacceptable dealt with I've ever seen in my life. I am going to, you guys can't see it, so I'm going to explain it to you. It is on my Twitter, but basically a guy in like a white, uh, a guy pulling into a parking space in a white, oh, power just came back on. Great. So maybe when this is done, I can read that last one if, if it comes back. Anyway, um, so a guy in like a white infinity is pulling into a spot and he goes into two spots so somebody doesn't hit his car. So the guy taping it goes, yep, I fucking knew it. I knew it. And walks right up to the guy and confronts him on it. And then finally gets the guy. Oh, dude, this is great. All right, so here we go. I'm going to play this for you guys. I hope you guys can hear it. This is fucking awesome. It's about a minute and six seconds. Take a listen to this. It opens up with a white car taking up two spots and a guy watching him and taping it. Okay, awesome. Here we go. Let me try to get this here. Uh... Oh, God, is this... I've never seen anything like this before. And the guy is kind of like a, a big guy uh, who's driving the car, so you think there's going to be a problem. Here you go. Ready? Mom, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Guy gets out of the Try car. Again, dude. You. you. Try again, my man. You're, you're, taking up, you're taking up two spaces. So what? I'm going to fucking minute in the store, dude. Yo, listen, listen. Yo. They're, they're here for a reason. They, they, they draw these lines here. Yeah, the, pe- you know, the people that are organized and, and have common sense. Yo, listen. Yo, my man, listen. You got health insurance? Why? Because if you don't get in that fucking car and report your car, you're going to need it. All right, just get in the car. You're fucking everything up. Someone's going to want to park here and they can't. Unfucking believable. They draw, these, they draw these lines for a reason. This guy's in his car now. And he and he doesn't do it. He still tries to do it, but he's still on the line. Not good. No, no. You, you must have sucked the color in. Just park right. <laughs> and the guy pulls away. How fucking great is that? Oh my god, that was awesome. That is the, oh my God, if everybody did that, man, things would be, and it was kind of like a cocky, arrogant guy until he goes, dude, you got life insurance or you got, you got health insurance because you're going to fucking need it. The guy totally just fucking freaked out. Uh, That was awesome. Okay, let's move right along. I got some stuff to talk about. Uh, Unacceptables. Um, 
went a little quicker. Trying to quicken them, man. Trying to make it quicker. So thank you guys so much for it. If I didn't get to you or whatever, definitely um, send me them and I'll get to you. But we got to keep the show moving right along here. Uh, got some stuff to talk about sports. Congratulations to the congratulations to the Villanova basketball team for winning. That was uh, unbelievable. I don't know if you were going for UNC or if you were going for Villanova, but uh, I like the Villanova coach after we did the show. Um, and this this is going to be a tricky thing to talk about here because I know half of you guys are going to be with me. The other half of you guys will not be with me. All right, so, um, but I just want I want to uh, to get my opinion out and we'll go from there. Uh, me, Bartnick, and Burr, after our show, we had, all of us had a 6 a.m. flight, so we decided after the show to just go to a local place right near the hotel, get a couple of drinks, and basically go to the airport, okay? Hop on a little puddle jumper, get from Sudbury to Toronto, and then those guys fly off to California. I fly off to uh, to New York. Well, I was actually flying into Newark, but that that's, you know, the way it goes, and then that was going to be the end of the night. So we're excited because in the bar they have the, uh, I guess it was the Women's World Championship of Hockey, all right? They had uh, Canada versus the United States in hockey, and then they had the NCAA uh, National Championship, uh, the Villanova versus UNC. So we're watching that, and now it's getting late into the second half of the UNC Villanova game, okay? Now, we go to, um, we go to, I guess, three minutes left, and now I'm like, all right, you guys, we got to stop watching. Like, I understand there's hockey, but you got to just stop watching the hockey. All right, you got it. Like now we're getting down. So now we get down. So now it goes to about two minutes, then then forty something seconds, and they're locked back and forth. They're locked back and forth. Okay, fine. Now if you guys saw the game, you know what happened. Villanova up three with seconds left, and UNC hits a remarkable like jumped up in the air, knees went up in the air. He flicked a three pointer, and it goes in, and UNC ties it. Place is going nuts. Michael Jordan's there. Alumni UNC's there. And we're all going like, wow. Me and Bartnick kind of rooting for Villanova. Burr was rooting for UNC. And then we were packed in there. There was a bunch of people watching back and forth. They didn't really care. They were more into hockey because we're in Canada or whatever. But they were watching. Then I guess there's two point something, whatever it comes down to. Two point something seconds left. Um, the Italian kid, number 15 on Villanova, passes it to, to number two, uh, Jen- Jenkins. And he shoots it, goes off at the buzzer, goes in. Villanova wins at the buzzer. Place is going nuts. We're like, wow. I th- I, you know, I thought it was going to be a classic. I thought it was going to be an epic game. It turned out to be. It was amazing, right? Here's where we got into a big argument. And and Bartnick, even though he's rooting for Villanova with me, he jumped on Burr's side of this. And, uh, you know, got kind of got into a heated argument. And here's all I'm saying. Um, you know, and it's fun. You know, you're with friends. You get into a, You get into a debate. You know, it doesn't need to get as crazy sometimes as it gets with us, but whatever. So after the kid gets tackled by his team and is going nuts, he runs over by where his mom is sitting. He puts his hands up in the air. Okay, you know, he's totally excited. And then, yes, he did point to his arm like I got ice in my veins or point to his bicep or whatever. Um, and, And then his mom comes out. He's hugging his mom or whatever. And he's going nuts. So during that, Burr and Bartnick are like, see, I hate this selfish bullshit. It wasn't, it didn't used to be like that. 
my whole thing is this, okay, I look at it like that fucking university has not won a championship since 1985 when they upset Georgetown when um, Patrick Ewing was on the team, okay, now, I just look at it like this kid hits the shot of his life, he wins a national title, it's not like it was a regular season game, it's not like it was a fucking fullback getting four yards and then jumping up and down the way Jerome Bettis used to do and act stomping on the ground like, you know, you're some world beater, no, the guy hit a big shot, he put his arms up, I didn't find it to be a selfish bullshit thing. I found it to be this 18, 19 year old kid who you don't know where he's from, just had probably the biggest moment of his fucking life. Okay. He goes up to a section his mom is at. He puts his hands up. Fine. If the pointing to the arm annoys you, but I just didn't think it was overly, I had no problem with it. I didn't think it was selfish. As a matter of fact, afterwards, when they were talking to him, he was like, you know, they were like, oh, you know, you pointed to your arm like ice in your veins. How do you feel about that or whatever? And he was like, look, I'm just honored to do it with these guys. Maybe he got caught up in the moment, but to, to I didn't feel like it was this excessive, you know, nothing worse than fucking Kevin Garnett hitting a jump shot in the first quarter, walking back, screaming, motherfucker, pounding his chest. I mean, that's ridiculous, and that's selfish. I just feel like this guy was caught up in the moment of the biggest moment of his life and just started to get a little whatever. You know, I didn't think it was that bad, and it wasn't long. Like, he did it quick. He put his arms up, he pointed to his thing, and that was it. So we just get into a big fight, and then they're telling me I'm from a generation of, like, where that's acceptable and everybody's more selfish now. And I'm like, come on, man. You don't fucking... Other guys have done that before. So I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I do have a problem with, you know over-celebrating shit that doesn't matter, obviously, I just feel like not only buzzer beaters, but buzzer beaters to win a title, I just feel like that is such an emotion that we don't know how to feel, so if you do something like in that moment to just fucking feel like you're the man, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that, you know, I didn't feel like it was overly excessive, I didn't. And we got into a big fucking, we got into a big argument and discussion about it, and I feel like, you know, until you're put in that position, you know, who knows, the kid fucking grows up, maybe, you know, not having the best of things, and his mom is sitting there, or whatever, or his girlfriend, and he just runs over there, and says, I did it, I mean, fucking, you know, I, I, I give him a pass on that, I didn't think it was overly excessive, let me know what you guys think, if you think it was, or whatever, we've definitely seen over excessive selfish bullshit, which I'd agree with, in that moment, on that stage, not so much for me, so we got into a fucking, a really, really heated battle um, where, uh, you know, whatever, what are you going to do? You know, Bill and Joe are both, you know, a little older than I am. <clears throat> they were, they're kind of like a generation ahead of me. So they've seen guys do that and not go nuts. But I, you know, I didn't think it was too much. Let me know if you guys saw it, if you guys know what I'm talking about, if you thought it was overly uh, excessive, I'll read it. Even if you disagree with me, I'd love to read your opinion on that and what you think about it. Um, so that's what I have with sports. Other than that, baseball just started. And, uh, what could you say? I'm going to go to a couple of Yankee games. The Warriors cannot lose. They got four more games and they need to win all four in a row. If they are going to, uh, get the record, uh, from the 96 bulls who went 72 and 10. Um, so I don't know. I thought that they were going to do it by one. I thought that they were going to, you know, be nine losses, but now, you know, now it looks like they might tie it. So I think I'm going to stick with that they're going to win by one, but in reality, now I think they're going to be tired and it might be 
72 and 10 as well to tie the um, the 96 Bulls. Um, yeah, so I gotta see this movie. I'm hearing great things about this movie, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I really want to see it. Um, don't give it away if you saw it, but I'm hearing like really good good things about it and I wanted to see it. I also want to see the hateful um, the hateful eight and I'm trying to think if there was anything else. You know, the new James Bond. I'm just so behind on movies, man. Uh, you know, I'm just like, I want to go, but it's it's fucking hard. It's hard to go to the movies alone when you have kids. You just feel like, what am I doing here? Like, when you're single or, like, if, you know, you're you're away on the road, that's one thing. You know, it's like, oh, I need to kill time. I'm going to go to the movies. But just to be like, oh, my kids are home sleeping. My wife is home sleeping. I'm awake because of my work hours, but I have nothing to do. Let me go to a movie alone, like get in the car and leave. It's, you kind of feel like what, you know, I feel like, just feel like a fucking sneaky, <laughs> you feel fucking sneaky. You know, there's something about that. Like walking with a tub of fucking popcorn and, you know, candy and <laughs> a drink and people are like, ah, oh, this guy's by himself. Maybe he's you know, single or a bachelor, you know, lonely, looking for something to do. And then you end up catching a conversation with somebody like, yeah, my whole fucking family, my, my, my kids, my cats, my dog, everybody. Yeah. They're home sleeping right now. I just, decided, <laughs> I just decided to go have fun in the middle of the night. You know, just something weird about that. I don't know. It feels a little weird to me. Um, but I want to thank everybody too, man. All you people that came out to shows that knew me, you know, it's always humbling, you know, because those are Bill's shows. You know, Burr is, you know, um, one of the top comedians in the world, and he's so funny and so great, and, you know, he's filling up these theaters, and he, um, you know, is kind enough to let, um, you know, me and, and Joe Bartnick and his friends that, you know, he, uh, you know, just believes in or thinks is funny or just wants to work with, um, and there are people there coming up saying, I listen to the Versi Effect podcast all the time, man, and, and I, I love it, and thank you so much, you know, that's so cool, so I want to thank you guys, all you people who came out to see me in Canada, um, coming up, buying albums, I sold out of albums the second night I was there, I brought a bunch with me, there was a line of people to get them, really humbling, and I thank you guys so much, I'm really excited about the new material, because I'm going to top that album with better stuff, and um, I'm just thankful that you guys are uh, are there um, to be part of the following and stuff and, and listening to my show. So uh, I, and thank Bill Burr for that, because, you know, I know Bill uh, put a lot of people on to me and then it's my job to deliver. And um, and you guys, uh, your guys support is awesome. And people came out everywhere, every single show, whether it was Windsor, Rama, Ottawa or Sudbury, people knew who I was and, and was buying some stuff. Bartnick as well. And it was just a really cool feeling. Um the people of Canada truly are like, I'm not even kidding. Like the way Canadians treat people is like how I want to raise my children to treat people. Like it's really, those people are fucking like, we joke around and Americans who've never been there do, oh, those neutral fucking, you know, those neutral, no, it's not that. They're not, they're, they're just fucking respectful people who just treat you like a human being. They appreciate things. They're super nice and it's awesome. It really is, and um, the, the the amount of warmth that we got, just the people, just thankful, thanking you to come and asking you to come back and knowing what you did. I mean, even though it's not far, dude, it is another country, and 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 they treat you like that. So um, awesome! And if any of you guys are in New York, man, you got to catch my shows. Uh, catch my shows, and uh, 
you know, I'd love to see you there and, and come up to me if, you know, and, and, and talk. And I'd love to uh, find out what part of Canada and stuff. Like I said, I'm going back to Ottawa. I think I'm going to be uh, hopefully soon going back to Toronto uh, and or Montreal uh, in the next year or so. So, um, yeah, it's just a great, great place to uh, to visit. I'm not going to lie. Some of the shit is way too cold. You know, like Sudbury, I'd want to go back in August because we were there in April and it felt like, I mean, it felt like a fucking blizzard was coming any second. It was like 20-something degrees. Like, without a hat, it was uncomfortably cold in in, in parts of Ottawa and then Sudbury. Um, not as crazy in Windsor because it, you're kind of like, it's not as high up, but man. I know the weather's been weird everywhere, but holy shit, man. I got a shaved head, and uh, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, get me in the car or something, because this was nuts. I just cannot wait. Like, everyone's like, oh, we didn't have a winter. Now I feel like winter's coming in April. I hope the shit stops. All right? Because I don't know. I don't know. I'm just looking to play fucking golf. I'm getting my, I want to play golf a lot this year and I want to, um, you know, just kind of enjoy smoking a stick in nice weather. I want to enjoy walking around in a t-shirt. Like I missed that. And now it's getting time where it's like enough. I remember being a kid, like, I remember, I don't know what it's like in, in Canada, but I remember being a kid here and like second week of March, you're like, okay, I could wear like shorts now, or I could wear like, now it's going down to like a really like light, light jacket, and now we're going into middle of April, and I just lost power, and it snowed here, and they're saying it's going to snow here this fucking weekend, and I don't think global warming, if global warming is doing anything, I don't think it's going to affect, like, like, change everything right now, maybe I'm a little naive, but I feel like, you know, and you ever feel like, man, if it hits our kids, that's terrible, if it hits their kids, all right, that's bad. But I'm looking like five generations down. If, like, they, they got to fucking deal with shit. <laughs> you know, like, I look out for my kids and my kids' kids. But, like, beyond that, it's like somebody else has got to take the responsibility. You know? Uh, but a great time. <laughs> but a great time out there. Uh, I am looking forward to a great week. Uh, I got to sleep because after that trip, I... um. After that trip, what's it called? I um, came back home and I fucking slept for 12 straight hours. It was everything a nap should be. It was just awesome. And um, my dog, who has been a big part of fucking an adjustment now because we have a puppy, he's starting to be less of a, he's not as much of of like a, a puppy jerk you know, like he's starting to like, I think he's coming into his like, he's still a puppy for a year, but like he's starting to like understand like, nah, dude, that's not cool. Like house guests don't do that. He's starting to get there. So I'm hoping, I'm fucking hoping this guy catches on and is like, and I stopped doing the, I stopped doing like the, like not yelling because I was never yelling at him, but like stop doing the like loud no and stop and all that because they don't give a fuck. It's just more of like, a dog is so smart. They sense you're like, the dog senses what I'm feeling. So like if I'm feeling like, no, come on, buddy, you're being good. He's getting that. Like now I feel like I'm just like, no, no, good job, man. You're doing a really good job. He's kind of like, all right, I kind of, I'm getting older. I see what they want. So hopefully, you know, hopefully that's what it's turning into. 
I do not feel like he's an asshole for life. And there are some dogs that are just bad dogs. Some kids are bad, right? It's the same thing. Some kids in a juvie hall at 16, then he graduates to mate, you know, prison, then he's in maximum security and he's just in and out his rest of his life and he's never going to fucking get it. That's just a dog that just bites and is bad. And you know, that that's the same thing. You, you do get a bad, I've talked to people, they said German shepherds, German shepherds are awesome. You know what? Every once in a while, even though they're the smartest and they're the most trainable and all that, every once in a while, you just get a bad one. Somebody said, you got to look at the owners. You got to look at the, um, parents of the, of the, the parents of the dog. I don't know how the fuck you'll do that, but that's what you got to do. I don't know my dog's parents because my dog's parents are running around Aruba right now in the streets. So, uh, <laughs> so if I had to go by that, I would say that's not a good thing, but I just think my dog by nature is just, he's a puppy and he's learning, but it's finally calming down. So the point of this is get a dog that is five months old or, or, or more and is fucking house trained and not teething. That's what I could, t- that's what I could definitely tell you 100%. Uh, I have some awesome shows coming up guys. I will be um, in New York City a lot, so you can check me out. I'm going to be at uh, The Stand. I'm going to be at New York Comedy Club uh, a lot. I am going to be doing, just running around doing spots, all kinds of, um, any kind of show, you know, uh, quick ones, one-nighters, weekends, will all be on my uh, website, www.paulverzi.com. You can find the shows there. Also, go to... Um, the Atlanta Punchline website, the Punchline in Atlanta. I will be there. As a matter of fact, Joe Bartnick will be with me. I will be headlining there April 28th through May 1st in that awesome city. I am so psyched. Um, the Punchline is a staple in Atlanta. They've been there, I think, since the 80s. Like Richard Pryor stood on their stage, and they're still doing it. Great owners, great people, great comedy club. So uh, I'm honored Please come out. I'm doing a bunch of new material that I'm happy about, and I, I just look forward to seeing all you guys there. So get your tickets now. Get pr- you know you could get them now. You could order them, but please do that because three weeks is coming up quick, and um, I would love to see you all at the show. I will have albums with me to sell at that show. Also, go to my Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V I R Z I. And, uh, and follow me on there. I have I will be doing something on uh, television for the Eric Andre show, but they didn't mention when that's coming out, but that should be uh, coming out soon in the next couple of months. I don't know what episode I'm on, but we uh, something crazy happened with us in Harlem. It was really nerve-wracking, but it's off-the-wall crazy uh, Borat-type shit, so you got to check that out. I'll let you guys know when uh, when that's coming out. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, so until next week, guys, uh, please check out the site, check out the Twitter. Uh, thank you so much. Everybody who came out to, and, and knew me and all that stuff. Uh, please send your unacceptables to, uh, unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Again, guys, please, I do want to keep, I want to get to all your unacceptables, but please just keep them as short as possible. Um, so I can, you know, so we can keep it going. Cause you know, some people love it. Some people like it half and half, and we just don't want it to always dominate the show, but I don't want to be a dick and ignore you. So that's the situation I'm in. So this can all be fixed. If you keep them, keep them quicker. And just like that guy in the, uh, I was going to say just like that guy in the parking lot who stopped that guy from parking like that. 
you know, do it to a certain extent, but I don't want to find out that somebody is taping an unacceptable for my show and shit goes really bad and God forbid something crazy happens. I'm not trying to do that. I just want to make this clear. I'm not trying to do that on my show. All right. Like if you want to say something, but I don't want people fucking fighting or slap each other, hurting each other. You know, just if something funny comes up and you make a comment to let somebody recognize, but I don't need something nuts. I, I really don't want that. Uh, so there you have it. All right. I, I said my piece. Um, but thank you until episode, uh, 253. I am out of here. Take care. And I will talk to you guys soon.